Grosvenor 5995, Assignments Unlimited. Good morning. Good morning. I want a man to pick up a light van for me. It's in the country. Uh, can you supply me with such a man? Yes, sir. Whereabouts is the van? Near Colchester, but it's a bit off the beaten track. I'll have to cover up with the map of the area. Is that possible? Shall I make an appointment with the managing director, sir? If you will. It's rather urgent. 3.30 this afternoon, sir. That will suit me very well. Uh, what's the address, by the way? We're at 33 Half Moon Street. The story tonight, as always, comes from the private file. It's headed, The Moon and a Million. To say the man was well-dressed wouldn't be strictly accurate. The word natty would better fit his sartorial elegance. His clothes were as carefully chosen as his accent, and he was faultless right up to the carnation he sported in his buttonhole. I must say I wondered about him at the time, yet his request was ordinary enough. Your lady fixed the appointment, and I made a point of being on time. In fact, I always make a point of being on time, Mr. Mason. A praiseworthy trick, Mr. Um, Duke. I beg your pardon? Duke. No, not a title. My name is Duke. Plain Mr. Duke. Oh, I see. I believe you want us to pick up a car for you. A small parallel van, actually. I'm a little apprehensive at leaving it untended in the country. You see, Mr. Mason, I'm in town on business and can't get over to Colchester myself. The van developed some mechanical fault whilst I was driving it... And so I left it where it was and begged to lift it to the nearest village from a passing motorist. The local mechanic drove out to repair the fault, but he has no one to bring the van back into Colchester. Colchester, I take it, is where you wish the car delivered? A van? Yes. I should explain that I'm a printer. The van is full of handbills, and it would be most inconvenient if vandals broke in and scattered them all over the countryside. Oh, I understand. Uh, do you want the um, um, van picked up today, Mr. Duke? If you can. We can, indeed. Your man can take the evening train to Colchester, and from there he can walk across the fields to buy the nighted vehicle. Uh, I've drawn a small map, but here you are. Now, you see, it's on a cart track. I have some property along the track and was returning from an inspection when the fault occurred. Do you think your man can follow the directions on the map? Oh, I'm sure he can. You've made it quite clear and precise. Precision is my speciality, Mr. Mason. I learnt the art of the cartographer in the service of my country. Army, you know. I see. And where in Colchester shall we deliver the van? I've written the address down here. My foreman will take it over. His name is Wilson, and he'll sign for the delivery. The Colchester train from London will arrive at nine to two, and the walk across the country shouldn't take your man longer than half an hour. Is everything clear? In a nutshell, Mr. Duke. Now, payment. In advance, of course. Well, that's not strictly necessary. I prefer it that way. I have here the train ticket. Return. Second class. Ten shillings for a meal on the train. A room is booked at the King's Hotel, and they will furnish him with breakfast. I thought 25 guineas for the service would be adequate. Quite satisfactory, thank you. Then that concludes the business. Thank you again, and good afternoon. Good afternoon, Mr. Duke. Phew. That man has a mind like a machine. Yes, sir? Uh, send Cannon in, Miss Fairweather, and tell him to fix an overnight bag. He's off for a jaunt in the country. Having supplied Cannon with all the relative information, I dispatched him to the railway station where he took up his seat in the train, a little disgruntled that it was only second class. The train rattled on through the early evening with Cannon alone in his compartment. He remained in solitary possession of the compartment throughout most of the journey, munching morosely on a dry sandwich purchased at one of the frequent stops. 
And then Cannon brightened considerably. An attractive young woman boarded the train half an hour out of Colchester. Good evening. Is this seat taken? No, I'm the uh, sole occupant. Do you mind? I'm delighted. Now let me help you with your bag. Oh, it's all right, thanks. It's only an overnight case. Have a sandwich? Oh, thanks. Hard as a brick, I'm afraid. Station Buford. It's fine. You, uh, <clears throat> you going to Colchester? Yes, you. Just for the night. Uh, my name's Cannon, by the way. I'm Janet Dale. How do you do? Oh, fine. You, uh, you work in Colchester? Not at the moment, but I'm hoping to. As a matter of fact, that's why I took tonight's train. There's an ad in the Gazette and Observer for a lady's companion. It gives the address, so I, I thought I'd take the bull by the horns and make a personal application tonight. Well, I, uh, I wish you luck, but, uh... I mean, why a lady's companion? I mean, a young and attractive girl like yourself. <laughs> you sound as though all ladies' companions are a wizened old spinster. Well, aren't they? Not a bit of it. Anyway, I'm used to it. Housekeeping and so on. I've never worked in an office or anything like that. Beautiful. And she can cook, too. Mr. Cannon, that was a very forward remark. It was intended to be. You're American, aren't you? Yes, ma'am. Yankee through and through. I could tell by your accent. Not by my forward manner. <laughs> that, too, I suppose. Say, uh, what gives if the old doll has uh, filled the position? Then I'll have to go home again, won't I? Tomorrow? Why, yes. There's no train until tomorrow. Then you'll spend the night in Colchester. That's great. I, uh, I don't quite follow. Well, I'm down here for one night only. I have to pick up a van and deliver it to Colchester. The guy who employed me booked me into the King's Hotel, do you know it? Yes, yes, it's a commercial hotel. Oh, bad it is. The old skinflint booked me into this crummy railroad car with half a note for spending money. Half a note? Ten bob, you know. Oh. Well, I thought you might show me the town. That's if the old doll has found a dried-up spinster. Mr. Cannon, you're incorrigible. And a snob. I'm traveling second class, too. And for the very good reason that I can't afford to go first. Well, I stand humbled, ma'am. Um, can I make it up to you with a decent dinner in Colchester? All right. If you don't get the job. Oh, if I do get the job, we celebrate. And if I don't, you console me. And I'm very good at consoling. I bet you... What was that? Oh, fog signal, I guess. But there is no fog. Well, they use them to warn a locomotive that there's something on the line ahead. We're slowing down. Oh, dear, I hope there's not going to be a delay. Well, I could think of nothing better. What about my job? Oh, you can come and keep house for me. Is that a proposal or an improper suggestion? <laughs> you know you're cute. <laughs> I find I like you very much. You stopped. Yeah, so I noticed. Want me to go outside and see what's cooking? Let's both go out. It was just my luck to miss a good job through the British Railways. Say, but... Hey, who are you? Sit where you are and don't get off the train. This is a hold-up. Oh. You don't say. Well, put that gun away, cowboy, or I might bend it round your ear. I warn you that I'll shoot the lady if you so much as bat an eye. Who are you? Oh, no, Mr. Cannon. You scared of this floppy-eared hobo? Oh, I think he means what he says. That's very sensible. Hold up in England with, with guns. This sort of thing only happens in America. This is a civilized country. Oh, thanks for nothing. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I didn't get Sure, it. sure, sure. Say, uh, what are you taking off the train, buddy? You'll read about it in the morning papers. Oh, publicity he's after. That's the sign. Stay here for two minutes, and then you can go outside. So, it wasn't the fox signal. 
That dirty louse. Oh, Mr. Cannon, what's the point of getting yourself shot? I could break that monkey in two. I know you could. But what about my dinner? Okay, you win. Does that mean we're moving off again? Well, let's go see. Fish face is gone by now. This was carefully planned. Hey, you, God! What gives him? God! Never seen anything like it in all my born days. Here, honest, I haven't. Held up the train, they did, with guns. Poor old Harry Pethy tried to stop them on the fireplane. Got bashed over the head for his trouble. Jerry, is he all right? Well, his old mother always said he had a head like a Swede. Uh, tell uh, me. In the end. Mister, what did they swipe from the train? Oh, can't tell for sure until the police get here. You mean we've got to wait for the police? Of course, it can't move till they get here. All the evidence, you know. Oh, but the police might take hours. Oh, not so long as that, miss. But the train uh, won't move until they get here. Oh, well, then goes my chance of a job. Oh, that's tough, Janet. No, honest, I mean it. Never mind. There'll be others. Hey, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. Well, like I told you, I have to pick up a panel van and deliver it to Colchester. The guy who owns it broke down somewhere around here and had to hitch a lift. The van's fixed, and I'm supposed to do a cross-country hike to collect it. Just a minute. Your map, you see? And the guy who drew it sure knew his stuff. Now, if I'm not mistaken, we should be, uh... Uh-huh. Here. See? Well, I'm afraid I don't understand that, Mr. Cannon. Now, look, drop the mister, will you, Ken? Oh, but I don't know your other name. Just Cannon. Everybody calls me Cannon. Now, looking at this map, we've stopped across country from where that van was ditched. Uh-huh. Yeah, it figures. If we head in that direction, we'll come to the van. But there isn't any road out that way. Yeah, I know. But according to the map, on the other side of these fields is a cart track. That's where it is. So what are we waiting for? We can still get you into town on time to interview all Sarpus, okay? Like you said, Cannon, what are we waiting for? Happy in each other's company, they began their march across the fields. A big yellow moon winked at them from behind scudding clouds, and the fields smelt fresh and damp from the early dew. Cannon had already forgotten about the train robbery. In fact, Cannon had forgotten about everything. Penny, for your thoughts. Hmm? You, Cannon, are dreaming. That's right. And what a dream. A daydream under a moon. Say, hmm? um, would you mind if I kissed you? <laughs> the man in the moon might be looking. Well, that's nothing he hasn't seen a million times before. A million times? We'll make it a billion. First time for me. You know, I think I see a frown of disapproval on the face of that man in the moon. Then perhaps we'd better make him smile again. Okay. Oh, that moon man works magic. Mm. Work? Oh, oh my hat. Cannon, this is Prendergast. Is that the old dragon's name? Oh, please, Cannon, let's find the car. I don't want to be late. Prendergast, the witch of Endor. Okay, let's go. Don't be mad at me. It's a good job and I need it. Sure thing, and the night is young. Well, comparatively... Hey, hang on. Let's uh, let's take another look at the map while we're walking. There we are. Now, the cart track should be on the other side of this hedge if it's accurate. Mm, there's a stile over there. Well, I'll lift you over. Stiles are made to climb over. I'll still lift you over. <laughs> Hold it. Okay. Here you go. Oh, Cannon, I... Cannon. Yeah, I know. The dowager. Here we go. 
Yeah. There are tire marks on the track. Two sets. Yeah, well, the mechanic drove out to fix the van. Now all we've got to do is follow the tracks to fame and fortune. And started at the touch of a button, and Cannon drove happily down the road to Colchester. Dropping off Janet, he made an assignation with her for an hour later in the King's Hotel lobby. My star operator was enjoying himself hugely and whistled happily as he drove the van into a small printer's yard situated on the west side of the town. to find the van. Well done. Thanks. Are you, uh, Wilson? That's me. Come on into the office. Thanks. I'm Cannon. Assignment's unlimited. Yes, so the Duke said. The Duke? The fellow who employed you. Oh, Mr. Duke. Well, the van's delivered, and if I could have your signature... Yes, not that it's going to help me much. Look over there on that machine. Hmm? Blood? Sorry. Well, what happened? An accident. Let me explain. You see, we're short-staffed. Can't get anyone to work on the play the Duke dishes out. No, I know. I came up second class. And so the transport bloke, Samson, had to fill in on an urgent orders of pamphlets. Got his hand caught in the stamp mill. Now I'm minus a driver who's worked here for years and still no operator. Not only that, but I haven't got anyone to work the mill. Wilson? Wilson, I hear you've had an accident in the plant. Yes, Duke. Samson got his hand caught in the stamp mill. What about a driver to take that van to Manchester? I don't know. I can't conjure drivers out of a hat, and it's, it's past nine already. There's a man arriving with a van, a Londoner. He's here, just arrived. And he's not a Londoner, he's a Yank. Excellent, excellent. Put him on the line. All right. It's the Duke. He wants to talk to you. Yeah, I heard that farm's pretty loud. You ought to get it turned down. Thanks. Hello, Mr. Duke? Yes. Look, um... What's your name? Cannon. Cannon. My driver's been hurt in an accident. I must have those handbills in the van delivered to Manchester urgently. You'll have to take them there. I'll pay all expenses and uh, 20 pounds on top. Well, you'll have to ring the office, Grosvenor 5995. I know the number. I engaged you through the office. I'll ring Mr. Mason now. I'm sure there'll be no difficulty. Now, listen carefully. You take the van to number 184 Salter Street. It's West Central. If you start now, you can get there by first light. Come again? First light. It's an army term. Dawn. You'll be paid there for your expenses, and I'll arrange to have the money for the work paid into your office. Well, the boss must give the okay. He won't be in the office at this hour. I know that. I have his private number. Have Wilson fill up the van for the journey and check the tires. Now, those handbills must be in Manchester first thing in the morning. All right, Mr. Duke, but uh, I'll have to check with the chief first. I'll ring him now. Check with your employer in 15 minutes' time. Understood? Okay, Mr. Duke. Goodbye. What did he say? As if you couldn't hear. That phone makes more noise than a tannoy system. Oh, heck. So what are you grousing about? All expenses paid and a fat fee for a night's drive. Yeah, and that's unlike Mr. Duke. Oh, he can't pay when he must. All right, I'll get the van checked up, and uh, you can hop down to the local for a pint. Uh, tell me, where's the King's Hotel? Oh, up Nesbitt Street. Go out the door and turn right. Mm -hmm. Carry on for half a mile, and you'll see it up on the left corner. Thanks. You uh, know someone at the King's? Yeah, yeah, baby doll. <laughs> what are you looking so unhappy about? I'm about to ruin her evening for the third time. Mr. Efficiency, in shape of Mr. Duke, has an awful habit of ruining anything I get my teeth into. Yes, the Duke's efficient. No one like it. Yeah, say that again. 
We're just lucky he's on this side of the Iron Curtain. I took the call from Mr. Duke at my club and agreed to the new assignment. Cannon rang from the King's Hotel to check and sounded distressed at my decision. Naturally, I had no possible conception of the reason for his sudden volta facie. He left the phone booth and at once spotted Janet sitting alone in a corner of the lounge. Hi. Hello, Cannon. Did you deliver your van all right? I did. That was London. I just rang the big city. Mission completed and uh, another one to start right away. Then why the depression? You'll be earning more money. But not in Colchester and not tonight. Well, I've got good news, too, of a sort. You mean you got hooked by that uh, Prendergast day? No, the position was filled. Well, so what are you so happy about? Well, it appears she has an aunt in Manchester who is looking for someone. She hasn't advertised yet, so I'm sure to get the job. In Manchester. Oh, I know it rains a lot, but housekeeping is all done in the house. Oh, come on, cheer up. We can have the date later. You promised, and then tomorrow we can travel to London together. I, uh, I have to take the London train to get my Manchester connection. Janet, I, uh, I got news for you. What is it, Kenneth? In approximately 15 minutes from now, I'm going to drive a panel van out of this town. We can't have dinner in the King's Hotel. Oh. In fact, I have to cancel my booking. Oh, Cannon. I'm very disappointed. No, you won't be. You know where I'm driving that van? London? Uh-uh. Better than that. No. Not Manchester. That's right. Oh, Cannon, it's impossible. I couldn't have that much good luck. Baby, that's who the man in the moon is married to, Lady Luck. <laughs> now, let's play it off the cuff. Order me a drink, scotch on the rocks. I'll ring the printer here in Colchester and tell him I'm ready, willing, and able. We'll see that he fills up the van properly. It would be most improper if we ran out of petrol on the way. Have you got the number? I'll look it up in the book. Now make that drink good, honey. No moonshine, huh? Uh, hello, operator. I want to talk to a Mrs. Prendergast. Yep, Prendergast. P-R-E-N-D-E-R-G-A-S-T. She's in the Colchester area. Well, I haven't got a book. Yeah, I know it's a public booth, but somebody took the book. Will you check for me? Thanks. It was just one of those things. Hello? Yeah. You sure? Okay, thanks. Let's see. Wilson, look, I'll be around in 10, 15 minutes, okay? Yeah, right. Oh, and by the way, I'm taking that baby doll with me. No objection, I suppose. Great. Uh, look, not to worry, old Skinflint won't know from me. See ya. Now then, let's see. Hello, operator. What? Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's me again. <laughs> no, no, I, I know the number this time. I want a trunk call to London. I want Grosvenor 5995. Oh, Cannon. Oh, I feel so happy. Me too. This has been the greatest day of my life. <laughs> Fulfillment. That's the thing. Oh, what's that up ahead? Hmm? 
looks like a roadblock. Police. What can it be for, I wonder? Train robbery, maybe. Oh, yes. Well, luckily, we've nothing to hide. That's right. Only a load of handbills from Manchester. Mm-hmm. Mr. Cannon, sir. Yeah, that's me. Is, uh, is this the girl? That's she. Cannon, what is it? The game's up, baby doll. All right, officer, the loot's in the back of the van. The super will be long in a moment, sir. He wants to thank you, uh, personally. All right, my girl. Come along with me. But, but, Cannon, who are you? Just who I profess to be, an operator from Assignments Unlimited. Oh. How did you know? Old Bee's Pants Duke was a bit too efficient. That and the fact that the arm of coincidence can never grow as long as the arm of the law. You played ducks and drakes with me, doll, and nearly got away with it. Remember, you said, first time for me. Well, that was no first kiss. I'll bet that old man's looked down on a million. Yes, it was a cleverly planned robbery right down to the last detail. Well, almost the last detail. The money stolen from the train was loaded into a private car and driven to where Duke's van was parked. There it was transferred. Janet Dale boarded the train to keep an eye on my operator and make sure he didn't take, well, a look at the contents of the van. But she switched her plans once too often. Cannon's suspicions had already been aroused by that kiss under the moon. <laughs> that was no first time. It had been perfected by years of practice. When she sprang her Manchester story, her goose was cooked. But it was the driver who mangled his hand and the printing works who posed the big question mark. Why should Duke employ an outsider when he had a driver of his own right on the spot? For one very good reason. The driver was a paid member of Duke's gang. If he'd been stopped by the police whilst ferrying the loot to Manchester, his guilt would almost certainly have given the game away. Cannon, on the other hand, was supposed to have, well, known nothing about it. He would have said he was carrying a consignment of handbills, and his sincerity would have been convincing enough. Luckily, he did tumble to Duke's game, and mainly because of a kiss that wasn't a first kiss. <laughs> and after all, Cannon should know. <laughs> <laughs>